Welcome, connectors, to another episode of Connected to the Podcast. I am actually scratch that. So, according to my podcast coach, shout out to Carla Will Maris. I think I'm going to just stick to Amps Connected because that's like easier to find. So, welcome, connectors, to Amps Connected. Without further ado, Today we have publicist, community builder, family and community engagement manager at Indianapolis Public Schools and founder of Curlian College. Welcome, Ashley Scott. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for, okay, um, y'all, let me just be real. This is the set. <laughs> Don't laugh, Ashley. This is the second interview. So, Ashley, thank you for your patience. Thank you for putting up with my foolishness. Um, and thank you for connecting with me again on Amps Connected. Oh, my gosh. It's truly a pleasure. I enjoyed our first conversation. I know I'm going to enjoy this one. I just, you know, I'm excited to kind of tell more of our story yeah. and to a new audience. So, it'll be a good time. Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited. So, first off, who in the world are you and who in the world inspires you to be who you are? Oh my gosh. Um, I think you covered it pretty well in the intro. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely describe myself as a community builder. Mm -hmm. I am really passionate about connecting people to resources that improve their quality of life. And most of my past experience centers around work related to young people, particularly women and communities of color. Mm -hmm. And I, funny enough, it's centered often around education and uh, technology, like tech companies, tech startups, collaborative workspaces, places where you find techies um, kind of doing their work. So I've been really fortunate to find my tribe and just kind of rock with them. And I came into this whole natural hair community just because of a personal experience that I had. Mm -hmm. And being the connector and community oriented person that I am, I wanted to really open doors and make sure that you know, nobody went through what I went through. And I wanted to prevent others from having a whole, you know, the same experience. So for me, I, I'd say I'm inspired by the people around me. I'm inspired by my family. First and foremost, I'm definitely inspired by um, just simplicity of the simplicity of life mm -hmm. and how I feel like sometimes we overcomplicate things and try to, um, you know, control things. And we let you know, greed and rules and um, social norms kind of like impact us in ways that are just unnatural and unfair. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that. So we're going to talk more about unfairness around this natural hair. Um, but before we do just a little bit more about you, where are you from? Originally I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah. I live and work now in Indianapolis, Indiana, but um, I would say my family's roots are definitely south in Alabama and uh, between Alabama and Mississippi. Okay. So we may be related. I have people in Mississippi, some people in Alabama, so we may be cousins. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> and you and I met here in Indiana at Purdue. So yep. 
I know that you graduated from Purdue in advertising and public relations. What brought you to Purdue from Fort Wayne? I was actually a first-generation college student. Wow. And I, yeah, so I really wanted to um, pursue a higher ed degree. I wasn't really too sure about what it was I wanted to do, but I knew that I loved writing. I loved marketing and mass communication. And so I found my way toward advertising and PR. Mm. And, yep, I had a great time at Purdue. I ended up living and working there for several years after mm-hmm. as well. And and it was, I mean, and you can attest to this, I'm sure. I just feel like we have such a good community in the Lafayette area yes. of Black and brown folks that are, like, truly focused on like building a thriving um, community in a very predominantly white <laughs> area. So <laughs> it comes with its own challenges, yeah. but it's definitely um, rewarding once you see the impact that you're able to make in a you know short period of time. Yeah. And like you were saying, you actually started <clears throat> the Black Professionals of Greater Lafayette. And that's how you and I met because I came here in May of 2014. And of course, this being a college town, no one is around. And as you said, no black people were here. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna, you know, survive? <laughs> and so I started Googling black people, black professionals. And that's when I found black professionals of Greater Lafayette. And again, you were the founder of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it was definitely a team effort, though. I I probably, like, um, you know, put in a lot of work when it came to, like, making sure it happened. But it was a discussion amongst several of us, probably for a good year leading up to the creation of it. Uh, When I was working at Purdue, there were listservs going around. And people would always get left off because, you know, the university was always hiring. Mm -hmm. It never really included people from the community. It just was like a small select group of Purdue employees. And so I I felt like our circle wasn't growing. I felt like we weren't meeting new people. I felt like we, you know, just were missing out on networking opportunities. And, you know, I just, I I really wanted to see um, people stay and not leave Mm -hmm. for that, what you just described of feeling like they're so isolated. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I, when I think back about like how I got to where I am, Mm -hmm. you know, I've consistently done stuff like that. So when I was an undergraduate student, I was also listening to some peers, having conversations I was a member of the Purdue uh, Black Cultural Center and I danced in their Jahari dance troupe, but all they had were performing art ensembles at the time. Mm -hmm. And my peers who weren't performers were saying, well, we would love to be connected to the Black Cultural Center, but we didn't, there's no, you know, non-performance based ensemble. Hmm. And so that sparked um, me to spearhead the creation of what's called the Black Thought Collective. Oh, and that's wow. a black think tank <laughs> that is still in existence there today. So I have consistently built communities. Um, Curly in College is definitely the most recent iteration of that. But yeah. it's, it's my work really centers around just connecting people. Yes. It's that simple. Yes. Yeah. And you are like the epitome of Amps Connected's mission, like just connecting people. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. So like with so many titles and so many accolades, um, 
And now you're devoted, this is, I'm reading this straight from your website, you're now devoted to uplifting and inspiring others around the world through AGS Consulting and CIC.com. Like, what's your day-to-day life like? Like, how do you (laughs) keep yourself organized, sane, and thriving? Yeah, you know, I would say workflow optimization is definitely one of my guilty pleasures. Like, I am such a nerd when it comes to organizing and time management and project management. Mm-hmm. It, I absolutely love it. So what for some people probably feels stressful and overwhelming, it's almost like a hobby for me to like systemize things. Mm. (laughs) So I am very much a systems thinker. I am definitely an organizer, both in the traditional like community organizing sense, but also in like a project management, organizing your life and paperwork kind of sense. So um, it has been a labor of love for me. And I know that that doesn't come naturally to everyone, but you know, it's one of those things where people say, Oh, you can have it all. I honestly don't think you can have it all, all the time. Mm -hmm. I do think that, you know, um, everything is possible (laughs) in moderation, as long as you prioritize, um, you'll get, you know, the job done. For sure. So like with your, your, you are a manager a community engagement manager at IPS. So what, how do you um, build communities or how do you, what do, like, what do I want to say here? Like, what do you do for right. IPS, right. basically? Right. I was trying to think of a more articulate way of saying that, but no, just straight up. What do you do for IPS? Yeah, so I started, when I turned, so, okay, I guess I should back up. When I first graduated, I ended up working at Purdue in the Office of Admissions um, as an assistant director recruiting high school kids out of college. Mm -hmm. So basically helping them to find their way. And I noticed a real serious challenge where first generation college students, you know, just students of color in general, whether they were first gen or not, they were just having a harder time gaining access to the institution. And so for me, I really wanted to Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. I was say for me, I really wanted to Uh oh. No, I'm here. Okay. Good hear you now. Okay, sorry. So I was gonna say, um when I was working at Purdue, I really had a, uh, I really kind of noticed that it was just difficult for students of color, whether they were first gen or not, to gain access to the institution. They were, you know, struggling with test scores, they were struggling with just the application process overall. And so I really wanted to make sure that, um, you know, college students felt supported. And I knew that that had to take place at a younger age. So I decided Mm -hmm. that if I ever wanted to go back into education, because when I left Purdue, I ended up working for a tech company um, and co-working space. So when I left uh, Purdue, I was like, you know, if I go back in education, I want to go back in at the K-12 level. And when I moved to Indianapolis, I ended up working at a single school doing outreach and community engagement. Really, um, we know that research shows Students perform better when their families are actively engaged in their education Mm -hmm. and when the community kind of wraps their arms around them in support of um, the school and the overall success of the that neighborhood, that family network. So 
I essentially serve as a central point of contact for for-profit and nonprofit partners that want to connect with the district. And um, they really want to donate in terms of time or money or, um, you know, just products and services that can yes. service our urban school district. So yes. it's a lot of just... Um, basically creating a point of access a point of entry where folks Mm -hmm. know like you know if you want to help here's how right and we we just provide those volunteer opportunities and we really just show our students and show our families that um you know there's community members who care there are businesses who care available to help you reach your goal I love it because that reminds me of LeBron James um, and the school that he built. And it wasn't just for the kids that it was for the parents as well, like supporting the whole family. And I love what you're doing because I mean, I volunteered basically my whole life until I got grown. And then I started teaching um, in the public schools And Mm -hmm. I just, my heart breaks when I see kids are, you know, falling behind because of a lack of resources. And so it makes me happy to know people like you are out there building communities to make sure that our our babies are being supported, are being nurtured so that they can go on and be successful. So Absolutely. It takes a village for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you are a gap filler. And like you were saying earlier, that's how Curly in College came about. So, Absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I guess, can you tell me a little bit about Curly in College? Yeah, so Curly in College is the first and largest national network of multicultural college students with natural hair. Mm-hmm. And we um, started when I had a horrible transition. Well, I shouldn't say less when we started. The idea came to me after (laughs) I had a horrible transition uh, from relaxed to natural hair. So my junior year of college, I graduated from Purdue in about 2010. Um, So this would have been around 2009. I really just had a horrible transition. Like I was growing my hair out in braids and sewing, mm-hmm. sewings, and my, I went home on break and I was telling my mom, okay, I'm ready to get my like relaxed ends chopped off. You know, when I come back on the next break, I'd really love for you to help me get an appointment with the stylist and, you know, just make it happen. Mm-hmm. So girl, she spent so much time trying to talk me out of it. She was like, are you sure? You know, you'll be graduating in a year. You're, you'll be job searching. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to really kind of transition into the workforce with natural hair? Yeah. And of course, she didn't say natural hair at the time. She was talking about nappy, nappy. hair. Yes. Yeah, like yes. negative stuff, right? So I'm thinking, okay, that's interesting. But I'm I'm me, and I'm, I've always been a bit of a trailblazer. And I was like, no, I think it's really beautiful. And I just couldn't understand why something that grew naturally from my scalp mm-hmm. would, would prevent me from reaching my goal, right? So... So I decided to um, do it anyway, and she made an appointment with a stylist, but um, by that point, she had talked me down so much that I was feeling a bit insecure. And so she said, I did some research, Ashley, and I found a stylist that has a process that it will make your hair softer and easier to manage. Mm-hmm. And she swears it's not a chemical, 
my best friend and her mm-hmm. daughters had it done and it will prevent um you know it'll just make things so much easier you should totally let her do it it's not a chemical i promise mm-hmm. you know but right Girl, I go to the stylist. Uh-huh. The lady puts a texturizer on my oh, hair. Oh no! Yes, and the worst part is it's she doesn't apply it correctly. She forgot to apply the neutralizing. No shampoo. way. <laughs> yes. So after uh, she first flat out lied, and then second of all did it wrong, mm-hmm. I got back to Lafayette, and I was just like, my hair started falling oh. out in clumps, and so I had to, you know, search for. A local stylist and there's not very many in fact there's like one black salon in Lafayette yes. at the time and so oh they my. were um applying the neutralizing shampoo and just like no you're gonna have to cut all your hair off so I ended up having to go to a barber and to get my hair cut off um and big chopped unexpectedly mm-hmm. like I had grown you know my hair out for months I should have had much more new growth than that but I had to completely start over wow. and I was really traumatized honestly I felt really insecure I have a good you know close relationship with my mother and mm-hmm. so for her not to support me with this decision and for me to kind of start out just so um you know just frustrated yeah. and just so worried and I just I really didn't know what to do and so I ended up educating myself on natural hair just by watching YouTube videos, reading blogs. And what I noticed was that most people writing about natural hair and, and you know, blogging about natural hair at the time, they were older women with two incomes. They were, you know, they had kids, they had just um, multiple, like all these resources available to them that I did not have as a college student. Mm-hmm. And this was before like natural hair products could be purchased at Target, yeah. right? Like you had special order everything uh. and um, go to you know, special conferences and all that. So fortunately now times have changed. You know, we have Amazon Prime, right. we got, you know, Target and <laughs> can even buy um, natural hair products at Walgreens but you know it was just not that easy and and I was so frustrated and I wanted to make sure that college students who were making the same decision that I did Mm -hmm. they knew they were supported they knew that um, there were resources available to them there were students like them who had gone through it successfully and that they could be the first in their family if they wanted to transition from relaxed natural hair and I, I tease my mom because uh, she's one of uh, six girls and all but one of them is now natural. So she, she too has transitioned to natural hair after giving me such a hard time. And they all look so beautiful. Yes. And, you know, it's a choice that we should be empowered to make yes. and we shouldn't, you know, be made to feel guilty or, or, or we shouldn't worry uh, as a result of it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we got started. Wow. Well, I like I totally get the whole experience, the trauma, the mom mm-hmm. not liking it. Um, when I went natural, I was in law school and mm-hmm. I was just tired of getting perms. And I was just like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to cut my ends because by that time I had grown my hair out a bit. And so I had, you know, enough. I didn't have like a total bald head. Um, right. And so one day I just got in the shower, 
got out and I looked at my hair and it was a hot mess because I had curly um, roots and straight ends. And I just went, yeah. got the scissors and just cut them off. And then my roommate was like, are you okay? Like, do we need to go talk <laughs> to somebody? Because this isn't normal. I was like, no, it's just time. It was time. And I love my natural hair. It was, yeah. it was a process. And yeah. like you said, my mama was like, um, that is not appropriate. Like you need to go do something right. with your head. So yep. no. So I, yes. Thank you to people like Curly in College or companies like Curly in College. And actually today I just posted Creole Essence. They are a Haitian company. Um, and I use their black castor oil. When I say it does miracles on my hair. <laughs> and of course, I found them through like another natural hair product um, company. So right. I, yeah. So like, if you could, if you could give <laughs> one product to your college self, what would that one product be? Oh man, that's so hard. <laughs> you know, I would say um, if I had to pick, if I had to pick one product, the the, the product I find myself recommending to people the most is Kinky Curly Not Today, Ooh. and it's a detangler, like a leave-in conditioner and detangler. And it's I, I say that because a lot of people always complain about how long it takes them detangle their hair and they're doing it really rough and they're breaking their hair off in the process mm -hmm. and when and I'm tender-headed so <laughs> I cannot tolerate oh, no. anybody getting rough <laughs> with my hair and so I always tell people like use a good detangler when you're first starting out finger detangle mm -hmm. if you can because that will retain length and it'll also just get you familiar with the variety of textures in yes. your head and so you know, I don't profess to be a stylist. I am not licensed, but I am just a passionate believer in self-care, self-love, and that, um, the uh, you know, giving people the choice to be their most authentic self. But if I had to give you some encouragement, <laughs> that's something that will ease your journey, that would be probably my number one product pick. Kinky Curly Not Today. Yeah, and it's spelled K-N-O-T today. Okay. Not Okay, I'm gonna have to try that. Actually, that reminded me. I just tried um, coils by nature, mm -hmm. and yes, that was pretty nice. Line. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a great line. Um, There's so many, and it's it's awesome to see the um, all the black women in the beauty industry that are really taking the lead on creating products that are for us by us mm -hmm. because. You know, for many years, you've seen the um, Asian, you know, population dominating the um, beauty supply stores yes. and that whole kind of like chain when it comes to business, the business model is, you know, hard to penetrate if you are outside of that particular ethnic group. So I really commend all the black women that were just like, nope, we're going to make our own products. We're going to distribute it directly to the consumer. Um, and that's part of what Curly and College tries to do is we really want to help promote the products that work and promote the products um, and the brands, like the, the, the founders of those products who are um, 
like wanting to connect with students. We want students to know who's behind the brands that they love. Yeah, that's, you know, I like that because, you know, we spend so much money on hair products. And it's like, if you aren't really invested in your clients or your, you know, the people you're making your products for, uh, that's a problem. So to know that, you know, there are companies out there who are just as invested, like that's, that's appreciated. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we take that work very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So as like my mama would say, going to work with my natural hair, you know, my fro was like highly looked down upon. I don't know about your family. I don't know about your people around you, but like not just my mom, but like friends, my cousins, they were all like, you need to straighten your hair. You need to look presentable. Your air fro, your air fro, air (laughs) afro. is not presentable. Um, So I just, I want to take us into this next segment. And this is called, What in the World? And this is where I do a little bit of research before, you know, we get connected on a legal issue surrounded, um, surrounding your field of interest. And so since Curly in College is about basically natural hair, um, I found some articles about natural hair and the law. So did you know that New York and California recently banned discrimination on or discrimination based on natural hair? Yes, uh, they worked together with Dove, uh, with a group called the Crown Coalition, to essentially um, prevent employers from judging <laughs> and ultimately discriminating women of color, men of color who choose to rock um, their curls. And I, I commend them for that. It's baffling, honestly, to me that we have to do these types of things. Yes. But it's just, it, it's really frustrating. Honestly, I get so angry. And then I have to just remind myself, like, it's a process. It's a journey. We're not there yet. We're getting there. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, but I really do commend, you know, those uh, women and the companies that have signed on mm-hmm. it to back these um, bills, you know, getting passed. I, I really commend everyone who has played a part in actually bringing this to fruition because there have been cases and incidents where um, folks have reported, you know, being denied employment yes. due to the style of their hair. Yes. And it's a not just like a, any style, like, oh, I just showed up with like green hair today. No, no, like the way it naturally grows from your scalp is preventing you from opportunity. And that to me is just absurd. Yes. And not just like wearing my afro, but included with braids, bantu knots, twigs, right. and basically how Black culture, Black people wear their hair. Um, I remember... I was probably in fifth grade or so. Um, I play basketball. So I 
got my hair done in Banty knots because I it was out of my face. I didn't have to worry about it. Don't you know, my principal came into like when it was the last hour, one of the um, afternoon classes. And she said, Alexia, you have to take down your hair before you come back because your hair is distracting. Oh, wow. Yes. And so (laughs) I was like, like in hindsight, I was like, I just told my mom, like, why didn't you like go slap slap that lady? (laughs) Like that was so racist. So if we were in California, um, they passed the Crown Act, um, and that's um, create a respectful and open workplace for natural hair. Um, if you're in California, that becomes effective January 1st, 2020. So go get your braids done, your box braids, and walk <laughs> in there <laughs> with your lemonade <laughs> braids swinging from side to side, because who's going to check you? Right. Finally. <laughs> finally. So um, have you ever experienced discrimination based on your hair? Oh, absolutely. Um, and most of what I've encountered has been subtle. And, and I have to say it has been from both uh, folks in the white community and the black community, which is very interesting when you get into like generational differences within communities of color mm-hmm. and just sort of our the norms around like how we were raised. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was working uh, in a predominantly white setting, there was a my boss's boss's boss actually approached me when I first got locks and I just recently cut all my hair off again big chop for the second time oh girl you this look time. so cute it <laughs> thank you adorable like I love oh it my thank you thank you yeah this time by choice right you're welcome so, uh, right for real and so there's that and then I had uh but I had locks for about five years mm-hmm. and so at the onset of those I walked into work, I had just got my fresh um, comb coils and my boss's boss's boss asked me, oh, your hair's different. Are you starting dreadlocks? And I said, actually, yeah, I am. I'm so excited. I just started them last night and blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, oh, okay, that's nice. So how long are you gonna let those grow? I said, I don't know, you know, just, mm-hmm. it'll be fun to kind of see how long they get. That's part of the process. You learn patience. <laughs> you know? Right. And and she's like, clearly doesn't care. Her agenda was to say, mm. okay, Ashley, well, I think shoulder length is professional. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So I, I, it was one of those comments that I was kind of like, first of all, I didn't ask you. Wait, seriously? <laughs> second, of, second of all, <laughs> this is not in, in the employee handbook that I can have waist length, ankle yes. length. I was like, first locks. of like, all, I can grow my hair however <laughs> long I want. I can, I can sweep the floor with my hair if Girl, I do so please. I was like, did you tell Becky how long to grow right. my hair? I'm oh pretty sure my you goodness. <laughs> so I really had a moment and, you know, that was the first kind of time I realized that People were watching and judging my hair. Now, at that point in that role, I had had a fro the entire time. So I had been wearing two-strand twists, the bantu knots. I had been wearing the, um, you know, just the braids, all of your traditional natural Mm -hmm. hairstyles. 
and didn't have any issue. People would occasionally try and touch my hair, but that was like to be expected, mm. right? Unfortunately. And but this was the first time that someone in a senior position tried to kind of like wrangle me essentially and say, no, this is your box, stay in it. Mm-hmm. And that was really kind of a wake up call. And of course I reported it. And I always tell my students, Good for you. if you encounter a situation where you feel you're harassed, discriminated against, or um, just experiencing bias in any way, document it and then report it according to the environment's um, policy. Yes. So in that setting, you know, we totally had an employee handbook. We had a policy to report incidents of kind of discrimination. Um, and it turned out that that is the type of comment that in kind of creates what's legally referred to as a hostile work environment. Yes. And you don't typically know that, mm-hmm. right? You just get mad when people try to tell you what to do <laughs> or how to be. But there are real true um, methods of enforcement that will kind of, one, protect you for speaking out and then it'll also give people a wake-up call so that you don't like so that other people coming after you don't experience the same thing yes 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 you are doing the work yes (laughs) I just you know I really the whole point of curling college is just to pour into our students so that they are confident enough clear enough and educated enough on how to handle scenarios like that Mm -hmm. when they encounter them because we know they will encounter them in some way shape or form you know and I think it's very important for us to understand that you don't have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders you know you don't have to bust out every door for everybody all the time Mm -hmm. but you do need to feel confident enough to live your own life live your best life and that in and of itself is liberating yes. so I I really try to just remind them that you don't have to apologize for who you are you don't have to change who you are you can just be you and that's enough yes and that takes us right into our next segment why in the world why in the world are you staying committed staying connected to Curly in College and its mission Oh, my students, like no hesitation. It's hands down the most rewarding part of what I do. I really appreciate their, like all of the students that are involved in Curling College are volunteering their time, effort, energy, talent, and they also are passionate about giving people permission, right, to live their most authentic lifestyle. And I really um, just applaud them for their courageousness, for their dedication. Um, You know, I'm grateful God has given me the vision, but they have, um, like, it's nothing without them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I tell people all the time, like, I am not a college student anymore. So I am truly just kind of managing um, things on the back end, trying to make sure things are up and running and making sure that we're keeping our students connected. But at the end of the day, like we exist to support them and their needs and they are changing, Mm -hmm. you know, like times have changed significantly over the last 10 years. So um, it's fun. It's been a really uh, enjoyable ride. It's been a really um, 
just rewarding experience. Our, my students tell me all the time about how Curling College has made an impact in their life and is giving them opportunities to develop their leadership skills, their teamwork skills, um, their community building skills, and it helps them to feel like they have a voice. Mm -hmm. And it also helps their self-esteem. It helps them connect with their peers on campus. Um, you know, research shows us that when students are kind of grounded and their culture and their history and and their identity yes. then they are more competent they are more productive they are um, more successful and so I just try to give them another avenue to discover different aspects of who they already are hmm. that's yeah, we provide that safe space yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah that's amazing and I again commend people like you who are building communities and being the gap filler, like whether it's, you know, down in Indianapolis where you're building communities around children and families, or if you're here in, um, at Purdue, um, building communities around natural hair, I, I commend you for that work. And Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And if I could, which takes us to our next segment, where in the world? Um, if I could, I would give you a ticket to anywhere in the world, any, and believe me when I say anywhere, I have gone to, quote unquote, gone to like outer space. So anywhere, <laughs> so I guess that's like not in the world, but anywhere, where would you go to take Curly and College mission, Curly and College's mission, um, or I guess your mission in being a gap filler, where would you go and why? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I would, I let the students lead. I know that sounds probably like uh, not allowed, like that maybe the answer is not allowed. I don't know, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I really do like go where they ask me to come. Um, and so what, what ends up happening is, you know, I tell people that it's really important for the community to be ready. You know, it's important for you not to push your agenda on other people. I think, you know, we've seen a lot of um, change happen in our society. And when it's forced, sometimes it can be hard for people to swallow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, with, with the approach that I have, the personality that I have, my just like my style in general, when it comes to work and challenge and, and tackling tough problems, I really look for that um, that open door, that welcome mat. And uh, sometimes it doesn't always say welcome. <laughs> sometimes, you know, it's a little bit of confusion and chaos and, and discrimination. <laughs> but um, but eventually I think it, I, I am trying to make sure that I'm just supporting students who are already interested in the topic, mm -hmm. who are already kind of curious about how they can make an impact. And I just sort of give them a little boost based off of what I've already learned. Yes. So, you know, we've had students reach out to us literally from Europe, from China, from the Caribbean, wow. from like all over the world. Yes. And, um, I'm really grateful to uh, see where we go eventually, mm -hmm. but right now we're primarily focused on the U.S. Okay. Um, so where, 
Um, which colleges? Where are y'all? Where is Curleen College? <laughs> yes. So we are at several different institutions. Um, you know, right now we're transitioning to a new model where we're really focusing on our brand ambassadors. And um, when we first started, we were heavily focused on campus chapters. Mm -hmm. And um, we've sort of transitioned to a, a different kind of more fluid model that allows us to work with more universities um, and, and reach more students quicker. So um, mm -hmm. right now we're at, we have students at Fisk, at Morgan State, at um, North Carolina A&T, Howard, um, Purdue University, Indiana, Indiana University, um, Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis, Alabama A&M, um, University of Alabama, FAMU, Kentucky State, okay. Florida International University, University of Massachusetts Dartmouth, and so many more. So basic, basically all of the colleges, it sounds like. <laughs> Y'all could just find her. Yes, find Curly in college everywhere. That is so awesome. Yeah. So Thank awesome. You. So awesome. Yeah. So to finish this out, how in the world can connectors stay connected with you and Curly in college and AGS Consulting? Where can we find you? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you can learn more about just me personally and the work that I do around PR and marketing on ashleygscott.com. But if you are a natural hair lover, this applies to both men and women because we know our brothers have some popping beards mm -hmm. and um, they're growing their hair longer these days too. So if you're interested in testing products, reviewing products, we just launched a new initiative where um, you can sign up if you're anywhere between the ages of 18 and 40. Um, uh, that link is posted on all of our social platforms as well as on curlyandcollege.com slash crew, C-R-E-W. So um, that's a great way to join our community and learn more about what we've been up to. So I would say uh, right now, if you're a current college student, you definitely should join the crew. Just sign up, as I mentioned, on our website. There's a specific application if you want to test products and you're um, out of college or in, you know, still in school, but just want uh, more of a brand ambassador, influencer experience, that form is for you. Hey, hey. And connectors, you know where to find me on Instagram at Amps Connected or find me on my website, www.ampsconnected.com. Um, pretty soon, I'm going to change up some things. Like I said before, change the title. I don't know, y'all. Y'all just work with me. Um, even, <laughs> even this episode, I'm trying to trying some new things. Um, Ashley, again, thank you for being patient. Um, but yeah, this is going to be good. I see good things coming. And Ashley, you were amazing to be the kickoff of this newness. So again, thank you so much for letting me interview you again. Thank you for connecting with me again. And till next time, stay connected. It's my pleasure.